you know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly... Uh, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, If you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, look, I don't know about you, but when I hold on to some negative feelings, it really starts to impact my day to day. Mm. I get a little snippy and short with the people in my life. Things start to really feel overwhelming. And look, it's just generally not great for me or for the people that I am interacting with. And I do find that my time in therapy is a real safe space to get those things off my chest and figure out how to work on and work through things that are weighing on me Mm. or maybe weighing on you. For example, like I have actually really been working on mindfulness in therapy. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Easier said than done, but that's the work, right? Like just learning about kind of like really creating a breathing practice and paying attention to my physical body and my feelings Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and to learn productive coping skills. If you're thinking about trying therapy, try BetterHelp. It's convenient and accessible anywhere because it is 100% online. All it takes to get started is filling out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you're not vibing with the therapist, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Forever35 today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Forever35. Hold up. 
Hello and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Kate Spencer. And I'm Dori Shafrir. And we are not experts. But we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. And this, in your ears right now, is a mini episode where we hear from you, we share your comments and thoughts, and we answer your questions to the best of our ability. And please do remember, we are not experts. We're just podcast hosts. And we do always encourage you to seek support first and foremost from a doctor and or a mental health professional as needed. And we absolutely love hearing from you. If you would like to reach us, our voicemail number is 781-591-0390. And our email is forever35podcast at gmail.com. And just a reminder, if we mention anything on the show, we always link to it on our website, forever35podcast.com. Like what we're going to talk about in this first listener email. A listener writes, loved the dupes episode and my shopping list has grown. My favorite dupe is a replacement for the Chanel Glossomer in Blizzard, which was sadly discontinued. The new Chanel colors have nothing similar. Wet n Wild's Mega Slicks in Bronze Berry is my $3 saving grace, and I buy one every time I'm in my neighborhood Walgreens. Love the pod. Keep the dupe recommendations coming. That is a hot tip. Yeah, I was really pumped about this one. We've gotten a lot of great dupe follow-ups. We'll do dupe and duper too. Dupe and duper? Yeah, dupe and duper. Yeah. Yeah. Starring me as Jim Carrey and you as the blonde guy (laughs) or other way around. I'll have to think about that. We'll have to workshop that. Who will will Photoshop our heads into those two characters from Dumb and Dumber? Um, Wet and Wild. You know, I would love to dig in a little bit more to this line. I agree. Wet and Wild, I believe, is cruelty free. Yes, I think we've had this conversation. Mm-hmm. I feel like Jackie yeah, J. Jackie J is a big wet and wild proponent. Wet and wild woman. And Mega Slicks in Bronze Berry, that sounds great. I realize you and I have a discussion coming up in which you were talking about how you have too many lip glosses. Ah, uh, yes. On an upcoming full-length episode. But it's so funny that you say that because as you were reading this, I was thinking, oh, that sounds like a color I would like. I know. I was also thinking <laughs> $3 saving grace. Yeah. Great hot tip. And I'm sure if Bronzeberry is not your color, I don't not familiar with their Mega Slicks line, but I'm about to get familiar oh, with Oh, yeah, it. you are. So I just Wet n Wild fans weigh in. I will say I have their eyeliner, mm-hmm. like just an eyeliner yeah. stick, and I love it. It's great. Yeah. And I have an eyeliner of theirs too. I think it used to be 99 cents, but it might have gone up to like $1.99. Well, we really appreciate that price point. We sure Let's do. Let's just say. All right. Dory, I'll take it away. You do this one. Dear Kate and Dory, I'm writing to weigh in on your flossing dilemma. Gum issues run in my family. So my dental hygienist was always urging me to floss. I was non-compliant until she described not flossing as the hygienic equivalent of, quote, taking a giant gross shit and wiping down your butt cheeks, but not your asshole, end quote. I floss every day now. I'm sorry this is so crass and disgusting. I'm cringing that I'm sending this email to people I don't know, although you feel like friends. Just that it really was a reframe that turned me into a daily flosser. What a reframe. I mean, is this an image you will ever get out of your head? 
taking Unfortunately, a gross... no. And now our listeners won't either. I know, listeners. <laughs> just thinking about how my grandmother... My, I've told you this, I think. My grandmother called poops BMs, mm, mm-hmm. which is an abbreviation for bowel movement. Mm-hmm. But until I was about 25, I thought there was a word called word BM, like B-E-A-M-E. <laughs> she couldn't even say poop. She said BM. Wow. I loved her, man. She was the best. But anyway, so now I'm thinking about thinking about that. Yeah. How that would be. Also, who wipes their butt cheeks when they poop? Nobody, right? Also, how did the dental hygienist come up Can with you this imagine analogy? You're, you're sitting in the chair. Your mouth is probably like open. There's like that sucking tube in it. You've got the little bib on. You can't react. You can't really respond. What if that like big mouth clamp yeah. is in you? <laughs> and they're, the, the hygienist is flossing you and they're like, you know, you've got to do a better job flossing because if you don't floss. It's, don't repeat it. Okay. I can't. <laughs> but I can't just hear imagine. it again. Ugh, but you so know what? Gross. Ever since receiving this email, every night when I get into the bathroom and I'm like, I don't want to floss. <laughs> I got to wipe my butt. I got to wipe my butt. <laughs> Not just my cheeks, but my butt, my mouth butt. <laughs> my mouth butt. I'm so sorry. You do like to talk about your butt. Now you like to talk about your mouth butt. <laughs> I do. It all comes back to butts. You know what? I will say a listener uh, called in, I think, because they heard me saying that I I have these little acts of resistance where I don't want to do yes. the thing. And it was really funny. This listener was like, I don't know if you've ever read Gretchen Rubin's book, The Four Tendencies. I was like, listener, we had Gretchen Rubin on and we talked about it, which I forgive you. But the listener suggested that I was a rebel. Interesting. And they were like, I, it blew my mind when I discovered I'm a rebel and I hate to do stuff. And I was like, but I'm the I'm also an obliger. I'm a people pleaser. Mm. Except maybe when it comes to flossing. Maybe then I'm a rebel. I don't know. But I've been flossing a it, lot more. It does strike me that you're only a rebel with things that only have to do with you. Well, that's the obliger, right? Yeah. Like if I had to floss your teeth every day, I would do it obsessively. My mouth butt. <laughs> your mouth butt. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness like i'm on my kids about flossing right two times a day i'm like you, you, you flossing your teeth yeah and meanwhile secretly what they don't know is at night i don't want to do it anyway wow i hope they never listen to this podcast no because they will 100 percent use the <laughs> phrase mouth butt with pure joy <laughs> they love body talk <sighs> okay we have a really intriguing voicemail that I wanted to share. Hi. I had to pause the pod because you were talking about pimple patches and wearing them out in public, which I fully support. Um, but I do not support wearing them to work. Um, I work in a semi-professional, casual work environment, um, jeans on Fridays, black pants and a tunic most other days. So business casual. I have seen three people in the past two weeks come to work and we do work with the public some with pimple patches on their face. That's not okay. Is it? I don't think it's okay. I thought it was really weird. I would never come to work with a pimple patch on my face. I'll go to the grocery store. Um, I'll go to the gym. But I would never think about going to work with a simple patch on my face. Um, 
am I being too critical? I didn't, obviously I didn't say anything to anyone. Um, but in my head, I was thinking that's really weird. And why would you wear a pimple patch to work? Anyways, I love the pod. Uh, have a good day. Bye guys. Very interesting. I don't think it's a big deal. I'm with you. I do think it's interesting. This person says they work with the public. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm coming. I am. I am coming at it from a perspective of someone who has had the privilege of working from their home since. I mean, I did work with the public also when I was a red carpet reporter. Mm-hmm. But for, I spent a lot of time working. Now you from just home. walk red carpet. That's right. Now I'm just award <laughs> winner. Would I have gone into my office with a pimple patch on my face? I think I personally would have been too self-conscious, but I don't think I, like, I think it's fine if you want to do it. I do too. And I also think, like, this stuff should be normalized. Pimples or pimple patches? Pimples, pimple patches, the whole gamut. Well, that is, that is the thing here is really what we need to work on is a cultural overhaul. Mm-hmm. Because, yes, pimples are part of us. Got one on my chin right now. Like that kind, the kind it's, it, I've got it down, but like the kind that bruise, mm-hmm. I just didn't pick at it and it seems to have subsided. I mean, look, maybe these people wore pimple patches because they didn't want to be picking their face all day. And wouldn't mm-hmm. you rather be looking at a pimple patch than like a huge gash on their face from them picking their pimple? I do understand the question of like, is this weird to wear something like just, yeah. you know, you're not, you're not commenting. It's just that kind of inner monologue that we have of like, what is that? Is that weird? Why are they doing right. that? Totally. Which I get, I totally get well, that. Well, and you know, to, to provide a counterpoint to my counterpoint. Wow. Look at you just devils advocating yourself. <laughs> there is, there is a point at which I think, especially if you do interact with the public, that it can become a distraction and maybe you don't want that distraction when you're interacting with the public. Yes. Like, for example, are you a bank teller? Are you a social worker? Are you right. a, like district? Attorney? Like, what, is, what are the interact? Yes, I agree. I also think, you know, if you can just have a pimple on your face, that's also okay, too. Totally. But perhaps the patch is there for a reason. We well, don't know. Right. I mean, that was why I said maybe it's there so they don't pick at yeah. it. Yeah. But we, what's, we don't know. We don't have enough information. What's interesting to me is that pimple patches are becoming a more used item. I, they well, only... I also wonder if these people were like, no one can see these pimple patches. They're transparent. Right. And then. And then actually they're not. Yeah. Listener. You Listeners know, weigh in. <laughs> weigh in. Do you wear pimple patches to work? I kind of think it's the kind of thing that even if you wouldn't do it, who cares if somebody else does? It's fine. Yeah. I mean, would you wear, if you had a, a cut on your face, you would put a Band-Aid on. Exactly. Right. So do you, so listener, that is my question to you. If these people had just put Band-Aids on their faces, how would you feel about that? Yeah, because you know what's interesting? To us, a bandage symbolizes like a wound or something happened. Right. But a pimple patch, we can see what the thing is. So if you just, I don't know where I'm going with this. but Also, like, I think a pimple patch implies some sort of vanity. Ooh. You know, yeah. whereas a Band-Aid implies like, I need to have this on because I have a wound on my face. Pimple patches seem optional. Now, would you think it weird if I went to work with not a pimple patch over a pimple, but like a big blotch of like a drying lotion? Yes. So there's the line for you. That is the line for me. Okay. Okay. 
I would think it was weird. I would probably, I don't know. I think I think I would think it was weird. I wouldn't say anything, but I would think, huh, that's odd that Kate, like, I'd be like, did Kate forget to wash that off? And I'd be like, no, it was a choice. Yeah. <laughs> I dry out my pimples all day. But also, like, then another counterpoint to the counterpoint of my counterpoint. Sorry. Like, I'm really waffling here. No, no, you're you're being very thoughtful. I, you know, I, I don't want to to feel like I'm I'm operating on this like ableist plane. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, I do know what you mean. So, I feel like I need a whole recalibration of what I think is like okay for people to do to their faces in the office. Yeah, I'm with I'm with you. I would like to reframe that as well. So, I think that's where I'm landing. Okay. Well, I like landing there Ultimately, with you. counterpoint to this person because it was a counterpoint to the counterpoint to the counterpoint. I'm so lost on the point <laughs> level here. Does New York Magazine still do the backlash to the backlash to the backlash thing? Remember they used to have that little graph? Yes, I don't know, but I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's how I feel. Well, that's where we've landed. Yep. Anyway, great question, listener. Yep. Never come up yet. So thanks for bringing that to our attention. Yep. We're going to take a break. We are. Keep talking counterpoints and then we'll be right back. 
Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast, but I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year, I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year, I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes, Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually... Actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince. But it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie. Also from Quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. It, it, like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I, I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from thirty dollars. You got washable silk tops, really stunning fourteen karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And 
The best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. So we received a very interesting like social dilemma email. I have, I have a lot of thoughts about this. Email. Okay, I can't. Why don't I read? Yes, go and ahead. then you weigh in. Hey, Kate and Dory, I'm hitting you up on the jeans, as you say. Love listening to the pod, and I thought you might have some interesting thoughts on this situation I'm in. I'm a longtime American expat currently living in a developing country in Asia where my family is originally from. My husband and I were friendly with another expat couple, and I was friendly with the wife, but not super great friends. We hung out one-on-one once, and I tried to be friendly and helpful to her, but she's a real drag to be around because she hated the country we were living in, which has a whole host of major problems. But she could talk or think of nothing else but those problems as if they were directly specifically at her. I found this at best entitled and at worst insulting. My family is from this country and it's really no fun to hear someone extremely privileged diss it every second. Anyway, she and her husband moved to a quote first world standard Asian country and she continued to bang on about how awful country number one was, although she left. I know this because we were on a WhatsApp group together and after a few of those comments from her, I finally exited the group. I have had enough of this woman. Now my husband and I are moving to the same country, but it doesn't seem that she has gotten the hint. Her husband is very friendly and an all-around nice guy, and it will be difficult to avoid them as we are part of an expat journalist community. How would you handle this? Like Kate, I don't like confrontation, but I feel like I need to say something to be clear as to why I don't want to spend time with her. My time with friends is precious to me and limited, and I don't want to waste it with someone who is so unaware of how she sounds and, frankly, up her own ass. I love that conclusion. (laughs) Um, This is a very interesting dilemma, very specific dilemma. It is, Um, but I feel like it requires a kind of interaction that is probably fairly universal, right? Yeah. I also... I'm also curious, like, they they haven't moved yet. They don't know what the situation in this new country is going to be and how much they will actually have to interact with this woman. They say it will be difficult to avoid them as we are part of an expat journalist community. But things could be totally different in this other country. So let's err on the side of optimism that it will I, yeah, be. Yeah, I kind of feel like... I I kind of feel like this is a real like cross that bridge when you when you come to oh, a situation. Okay. Like I don't think you need to preemptively make this take this like grand stand against this woman and and tell her preemptively I don't want to hang out with you because you're up your own ass. I think you can just not hang out with her. 
also like is your husband aware of how you feel about this woman like i think you should make it clear to him don't seek out you know uh don't seek out hanging you know hanging out with her husband Yes, please don't schedule please don't any one-on-one schedule one any, dates. you know, double dates or even one-on-one dates. Like I don't want to cultivate their friendship. So I think you two need to be on the same same page about this. A hundred percent you are a team in this yes. social world together. Yes. Should I take this one away? Yes, please. Okay. Hi, Kate and Dory. I wanted to see if your listeners had any advice on self-care while at work. I work in a traditional office setting and love my job. However, just like with anything else, it can get stressful and I need to take a moment to myself. I want to find some ways to practice self-care while at work. Here is what I do now. Having a reusable water bottle, refilling it, and making sure I stay hydrated throughout the day. Keeping my favorite lip balm, hand lotion, and essential oil rollerball at my desk. I have a daily flip calendar with different inspirational quotes on my desk. Making myself my favorite tea during the afternoon. Trying to keep my work at the office, not checking my work email after hours. Packing my lunch, not because I'm a health nut, but because I feel happier and more energized when I eat nourishing foods. I also keep some healthy snacks like granola bars and almonds in my desk. I have a weekly self-reflection time where I reflect on my goals and what I accomplished that week. It helps me stay positive and focused. Using my Apple Watch as a reminder to stand up and move a little each hour and taking quick walks around the building inside or outside around the block if the weather is nice. This helps clear my head and keeps me feeling active when I have a sedentary job. Do you guys or your listeners have any other tips? Love the pod and thanks. Can I just say when I first read this email, I read it quickly and I thought she said, here are some tips that I have learned like to practice self-care at work. Like I, it didn't like register to me that she was asking for tips because I was like, wow, these are amazing (laughs) work self-care tips. But they say that here's what I do now. No, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying like this, this listener seems to already have an amazing self-care routine at work. Yes. I'm, I am impressed. You have embodied. Yes. I will say one thing, well, I, I really do love that you said you take quick walks around the building. I would also say, like, take your lunch. Take a lunch hour. And I know, like, different company cultures have different ways where, like, you go to a, an organization and, like, nobody takes an actual lunch break. Everyone eats at their desk or whatever. And so it can feel like you are rebelling against the culture of a corporation when you do it differently. That's a great suggestion. So I would say like take that hour or whatever it is for you, even 30 minutes, like go eat outside if the weather permits. Go eat at a cafe. Listen to a podcast. Yes. Like read your book. Yeah. Like take an actual break because I love that you pack your lunch or go eat with coworkers and chat. Like yeah. anything that is just a mental break, a physical break, something that gives you... um just a way to reset and like have some pleasure and enjoyment that isn't working. Even if you know you take pleasure from your work, but like you do, if you can help it, give yourself that rest. I think that's a really good suggestion. Well, thank you. My other thought is to also use your commute for self care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's see how long that was. That groan was gonna go. It was more a sigh of appreciation. Well, you know, when I lived, I lived in New York City for 10 years. And Dory, you also lived there for a very long time. And 
I think this has changed a bit, but your phones didn't work on the subway when you were underground. So you couldn't be like reading your Twitter feed. So I did so much reading or listening to things on the subway. And here in Los Angeles, when I'm commuting around for for work stuff, I really do try to, I, I find audiobooks to be a really great way other like, as opposed to like listening to CNN just play over and over again on my car radio for two hours, an audiobook, a po- an episodic podcast, something that gives your brain information mm-hmm. and pleasure, but is different from like, like instead of like making work calls for the, an yeah. hour or reading through your work emails on the subway. Those are great suggestions. Any Anybody else have any other tips? You know, you could have a little tiny desk humidifier. Those oh. offices get dry. They do get real dry. Love having a cozy blanket or a cozy sweater at work. Mm-hmm. Also get cold. Um, I mean, I don't know how casual your office is, but I, I sometimes would take slippers to the office. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... You did work at BuzzFeed. I did. Anything goes at BuzzFeed. Yeah. But that was that was real nice. Slippers, Slippers. at the <laughs> office? Yes. I have <laughs> never seen that. And would you walk around in slippers? Sometimes, yeah. One. Sometimes I would just like at my desk, I would like slip on my slippers. Yeah, well, I bet that would feel very nice. Yeah. I mean, that is adorable. I love that you would walk around. So I I once I worked in like a financial company in my twenties. Like I can't. There were no even, slippers. There were no slippers. I mean, it was like full on business. I had to wear like a pencil skirt every day. Wow. So corporate cake. I was very. It was very corporate. I um. I had another thought. This might just be me, but one of my favorite activities when I worked in a big office was going to the bathroom on a different floor. Because it was like mm. I got to go for a little walk and actually take a mental break and like not have to see people that I worked with. You work in 1515 Broadway. I would go down to the seventh floor, pee, go back up to the eighth floor. <laughs> Very specific shout out there. But you know what I mean? Like, it just gave you an actual stretch of time. Like, yeah. it made the bathroom break like a walking yeah, break. Yeah, that's nice. Change of scenery. I mean, now I'm thinking, like, you know, at like three o'clock every day when I used to drink coffee, that would be my time to like go to the coffee shop and get like a latte or something. Mm-hmm. Um, you could like use that, you could use 10 minutes and just meditate. Ooh, yeah. Just throwing that out there. Listen to a meditation app. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say you could go get a Thin Mint. Something about an afternoon Thin Mint sounds so good to me. There is that the, something about getting up from your desk at three o'clock and mm-hmm. getting like a snack or a drink or whatever I think is important. Yes. <laughs> three o'clock is like that time when you just oh. you really just want to take a nap. Yep. Which, you know what? If your work has a nap room, you're yeah. some sort of cool company with nap rooms. Yeah. <laughs> Go take a nap. Take that nap. All right. right. (laughs) Whoa. Wow. Um, But yeah, we would love to hear from listeners about their own self-care practices at work. And all sorts of, like we've heard from nurses. Yeah. So much great nurse self-care. Yeah. Weigh in people of all professions. Yeah. But I think, you know, cubicle self-care is a very specific genre of self-care. Yes, because you're in a public space and your self-care has to like be contained. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, let's take a break. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning, 
in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering crappiness, Dory. Mm, okay. Which is okay. I visible know. on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, Mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting-edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. OneSkin believes the purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. We've got a lot of work questions today. We do. Here's another voicemail that's kind of about career stuff. Hey, this is Abby calling from Trenton, Tennessee. I called earlier. I think I just got cut off, but I am calling. I'm leaving work. I work at a pharmacy, and I have been working at a pharmacy for a couple of years now, getting my, as a technician, getting my undergrad degree. And just got into pharmacy school, and I'm super excited about it. It's a four-year program, a doctorate program, um, and I'm just really excited to go to school in the fall. But a lot of times at the pharmacy, we'll have fill-in pharmacists, where we'll have pharmacists that come in as patient, patients. And um, whether I mentioned to them that I'm going into pharmacy as well, they often um, is the, the common comment is, why would you do that to yourself? Um, there's no, like, any, any sane person wouldn't go into pharmacy right now. It's, you know, flooded market, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I had a patient come in today that was, you know, like, 
was very aggressive with me as far as like, you should not go into pharmacy. That is stupid. If you want to do that, you're setting yourself up for failure. Um, not necessarily me personally, but about the field in general. Um, so I was just wondering how you guys deal with criticism or telling people, like people telling you to not follow what you feel like is right for you. I feel like there is still a lot of promise in the field of pharmacy for me and, um, I'm really open to change and adaptability that's in the field right now, which a lot of older pharmacists, you know, that have been in the field for 15, 20 years don't like the change that's been going on. Um, so how do you deal with negativity from people that are in the field that you're wanting to go into that are being, you know, really harsh and while still like respecting the fact that they have, you know, tenure and have experience um you know and is there anything to gain from listening to their criticism because a lot of it is just like don't go into pharmacy go into nursing go into pa and you know everything is you know every the grass is greener on the other side everything looks better from the outside i'm sure there's going to be nurses and pas that said would say like don't go into the market right now it's crazy but um, I was just wondering how you guys deal with that type of criticism. Thank you so much. Bye. Oh, Abby, I hate people. You fucking rock out that pharmaceutical program. Yeah. And you go in there with your brilliant ideas and your revolutionary, exciting new thinking and your passion for pharmacy and you rock it out. Congratulations on getting into this program. Number one, you have yes. put in the work. It sounds hard. You love what you do. You are excited about the innovation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we need you. Yeah. And kudos to the pharmacists who have paved the way. But you know what? Experience does not always equal or does not always make somebody right. Yeah. And well, I'm really I'm really fired up. Yeah, about you this. are. I, <laughs> I just it, you you you're excited about this. So, you know what someone says don't go into pharmacy? Oh, okay, cool. Thanks for thanks for sharing totally. your opinion. Block it out. Bye. And move on because don't get into a discussion with them. No. Who gives a poop? Fig. Who gives a fig what these people think? <laughs> You're excited about it. You're inspired. You're learning about like cutting the cutting edge changes in your industry. Like we need you. We need you. You can say Kate and Dory said we need you. We want to meet you when we go to the pharmacy. Yes. I, I just like I was so excited by everything you were saying. Like I could feel the passion. This is it what you really want came to do. through. Yes. And you know what? We all if you're in an industry for a long time, have ups and downs and it can be discouraging. And I'm sure there are immense challenges and changes that are happening. I, I mean, I don't know much about being a pharmacist, so I cannot speak to it, nor can Dory, unless she has a secret career I don't know about. No, I don't. But I think that also we have to let our our excitement and our drive and our love for something like push us past that. Yeah. You don't want to be a nurse or a PA. You want to no. be a pharmacist. Yeah. Period. End of story. Yeah. So you know what? Somebody thinks that's a bad idea. Well, F them. Yeah. 
you tell them to floss, and then if they don't floss, it's like not wiping their butts. Yeah, that should be your response. That will be the con. <laughs> that will get them moving out of your way. Anyway, I just i <laughs> I don't want to. Those conversations can be tough. I would just I would politely end them as quickly as they start. Yeah, because you know in your heart of hearts what's best for you, and you're doing it. And we're proud. Yeah, we are. That's really rad. Congratulations. Cool. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Here's an email we received that we are going to end on. Hi, Kate and Dory. You and listeners are so wonderful at helping folks reframe narratives. I'm hoping you can help me too. Despite a really tough year, losing a loved one, a very challenging and frightening situation with my child, drama at work, a health scare, and a huge family drama with my husband, and several other hard things I survived, only to become obsessed with the world's silliest issue. I've been on a long journey to love my body, to accept its quirks, to see myself as strong and capable despite several chronic health problems. I do daily yoga and breathe and hike and try my best to wonder in my body. But... But because I have chronic low back pain, I became addicted to using a heat pad against the painful spot, sometimes for hours at a time for several years. One day I noticed a funny discoloration on my skin in that area, and my sister-in-law, a nurse, diagnosed me. Toasted back fat. OMG, I literally cooked my fat. It's weird looking brown spots that have now been there for three months. I've stopped using my beloved heating pad. There's nothing to do. It will maybe go away eventually. It's not harmful, just ugly. It hurts to use that word. My family is so lucky to go on a little vacation in March, and I'm so stuck in feeling ugly. I'm going to buy a high-waisted bikini bottom, but beyond that, I'd love to just not care. I know it's just spots on skin, but I'm still so stuck. Also, I do recognize the humor, and my dear family, always a fun-loving and laughing bunch, are also quick to laugh at my misery. I want to laugh, too. Thank you for all of your wisdom as always, and thanks for any help. P.S. Kate, if you use a heat pad for your back pain, turn that sucker down. Make sure it's covered well and don't use it for hours. Oof. Cautionary tale. You know, listener, this is twofold for me. I would say, one, get ye to a dermatologist. Mm -hmm. And if you can ask if there are any options to heal your toasted skin. I know you had a, a medical professional in your family, your sister-in-law who is a nurse, but I would say like, go handle this out on your own time if, you know, insurance permits and everything else, finances permit. Because it, it's see. also possible she is wrong. Totally. Get a second opinion from someone who doesn't know you or who yeah. does know you, whatever. But go see someone who specializes in skin um, and see like, how to treat it. Also, like, you should just get that checked out. Yes. Like, regardless of the aesthetic of having spots on your skin, like, that sounds like something you should just get someone to check out. So that's my first suggestion. My second suggestion is to be kind to yourself in regard to not being kind to yourself. I think we can get into the space of like, why am I not accepting mm -hmm. myself? Why am I not loving myself? I want to love myself and then I feel bad and I feel shame mm -hmm. for not doing it. We live in a one a culture where like uh, appearance and all, all there's so much emphasis put on 
how we look and parts of our body and everything else, you know this. Yes. That it's not easy to be like, oh, this thing is this thing is now different like it's about totally me. Conf- totally, I don't fine. care. Yeah, yeah. It is okay to care. It's okay. I also say like you don't if you don't want to hide your the spots on your skin, you don't have to hide them. If you do, fine. You know, it's your it is your choice on how to exist. Yes, Kate. my guess it is the kind of thing that because it is on your own body you see it in a, a way that feels very large, and whereas it, others might not. And it also has kind of taken on this bigger meaning for you. Yeah. It represents something that it seems like you feel some shame about. Yeah. And, you know, and I, because I see you saying like, you feel like it looks ugly and then you feel it hurts to use that word. So I feel like you're feeling guilty for thinking something mm-hmm. looks, you know, you, mm-hmm. We want to love ourselves unconditionally and we aspire for that. And it's sometimes it's hard. hard. Yeah. Dory, any other thoughts? I have never heard of this. I haven't either. I think, yeah, I mean, I agree. I think you should definitely see a doctor. Um, And I think, yeah, like, like kind of like liberate yourself from this idea that you have to not care. Yeah. Like, let it go. Like, you called it this being obsessed with the silliest issue. Like, maybe it's not silly. Yeah. It, and if it's silly to somebody else, okay, but it actually matters to you. Yeah, and it mattered to you enough to write into a podcast about it. A podcast hosted by two goofballs. <laughs> um, but who care deeply about you. Who do. And, yeah. like, you know, I I do sense, I, I, I am getting a lot of your anxiety around this. And um, I think what I try to do in these situations is just sort of like let myself live with that anxiety yeah can i also say to this listener like you did describe that you've had a really really hard year yeah you've lost a loved one you've gone through situations with your kid and your partner and a health scare and and you also said that you have chronic back pain and chronic illness and i don't know you obviously don't tell us like what you're doing you know if you are talking to a therapist or like but i think you deserve self-care for those things and i think this situation is a valid part of that it's not just like oh i'm feeling silly i don't like something about myself like it's a bigger thing and it might connect to other big parts of your life and so i want i just want you to feel like all your feelings are valid and also like you deserve whatever way you need to love yourself like you deserve it. You've had a really hard year, yeah. aside from your toasted back fat, which mm. sounds painful sound and painful. frustrating. <sighs> so anyway, we're thinking of you, listener. We are. And thank you for writing us. Yeah. All right, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye.